You're listening to No Limits, episode 79, and joined by Nick from Friday Night Gamecast. And we have a new Metal Gear, but not Metal Gear game. Let's go. everyone my name is taylor and i'm joined by my co-hosts sam brianna and nick nikolai knight from friday night gamecast you might have heard his name from our patron list because he is a patron we appreciate him very much thank you nick but he also hosts a podcast friday night gamecast and we wanted to get him on the show at some point and we had this date scheduled for a while and it just so happened it was probably on the most news-filled week maybe since the summer for PlayStation. I've been thinking that mm. since the State of Play came out. I was like, I am so glad that the stars aligned and I finally was able to be able to jump on No Limits now that we have just an absolute plethora of news to really dig into and break apart for the rest of 2024. So thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here working with Kevin and uh, for formerly Ethan on Project XCast was always a, it was an absolute pleasure. So I'm really, really happy I can jump back in with you guys here on No Limits and join the full crew. Thank you, Nick. Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. And audio listeners, his setup is his his setup for his room setup is definitely the, the flagship PlayStation setup I would have in my room. He's got the uh, four symbols lit up blue. He has a poster with anime Sam, I'm sorry, not Sam. Nick, what are what are those characters in the background there? This is actually I would say, um, you know, obviously Kevin, host host of Project X Talk, he's not allowed on No Limits, but this is one of his favorite Nintendo Switch games, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, three houses. So I got a okay. yeah, special art commission of three houses back oh, there, and I got that, yeah, um, I got a tall Claude? neck over here that I got a yeah, it's Claude and and Edelgard and Dimitri. Yeah, Dimitri, love it. Right. Awesome. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Right, and that's a Horizon Zero, Horizon Zero Dawn. I think this Poster is the Forbidden the West front. version Forbidden of uh, yeah. of a tall neck. I gotta actually build it. I got, it's very funny. I got this uh, for Christmas the other year, and then I, I've been planning on maybe doing a a building stream on Twitch, just chatting with some friends while I put one together. I feel like that would be to be a good time, but I just need to to make time to actually uh, make that happen. But yeah, as I I've been meaning to also get another thing because there's a little bit of an empty space on this side, so I've been meaning maybe maybe I have a a Last of Us Part Two poster that I'm probably <laughs> need to get a nice frame for i know brianna's the the queen of frames over here so i might be able to tap her for some guidance on what to do for that one <laughs> right. do you like last of us part two more than the first game oh that's a complicated question <laughs> um let me put it to you this way i think that the last of us part two uh, from a gameplay perspective is probably one of the most masterful games yes. I've ever played i agree with um, that i think that the story is really, really divisive and almost purposefully so sometimes. Um, but I, I love the artistry of where the story went. What have I, would I have written it that way? Probably not. I probably would have gone somewhere different or I would have leaned on different characters a little bit more. But I think that as a standalone property, I think The Last of Us Part Two is an absolute masterpiece, an upper echelon game that is a must play for anyone who owns a PlayStation or otherwise. So... If I said you have to take Last of Us Part 1 and Last of Us Part 2, what are you taking, Nick? <laughs> I'm taking 
The Last of Us Part 1 remastered for the PS4 uh, over The Last of Us Part 1 remake, for sure. But overall, I would take the The Last of Us Part 2, um, <laughs> no. especially with like the visual Man. upgrade, I would say. All right. Well, the thing is, is that The Last of Us Part 1 is really, really good. And I think that, it, I mean, no. it's, it's a beautiful story. I'm, sh- I'm just trying to pin you against everyone else. It's okay. Uh, oh, I really? think you, you and Sam are in agreement that The Last of Us Part 2 is your... Per- both your preferred games i think the gameplay of last of us part two is the best third person action, gameplay, combat. Yeah. action combat of all time but i still prefer the first game story so i still take well, the first game the but, first game story yeah. is a little bit simpler and it's a little bit easier to i think emotionally attach to whereas like the second oh, yeah. game is like you don't really play the second game out of enjoyment. You do it when you're trying to go on an emotional pilgrimage, I right. think, to a certain degree. And it's like it's not something that you can just pick up lightly and play again because it's so dark and heavy at times. But yeah. agreed. Well, you passed the first inspection, so it's okay. It oh, wonderful! Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> and remember, you can find. I guess going back to the intro, you can find the video version of this pod over on YouTube.com slash save the game media every Tuesday. While you're over there, make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you'd rather listen to audio, we are on all your favorite podcast services. We would love it if you could leave us a review. It helps us grow and we would love any feedback. If you want to support us and get early access to all save the game media content, head over to patreon.com slash save the game media and choose the tier that's right for you. Just like our current patrons did. Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Lindsay, Nikolai Knight, Again, joining us today. Cypher Primus, Brenton Myers, Marcus, o- Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, Mamie J, David Hotright, Dave Harp, the Xbox Expansion Pass, Alpaca Tom, Lena Barrow, and the Good Sir. Also, interact with us in the Discord. Links are all in the show notes. All right. So, thank Nick. He's the guest of honor. What have you been playing recently? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked this. I have an entire list, and it's actually one of the projects that I'm working on is just to kind of give live updates to my uh, Patreon supporters for the Friday Night Gamecast of uh, what I've been working on recently. Um, And when we closed out the Season 2, we kind of gave our Game of the Year. My Game of the Year for last year was Resident Evil 4 Remake, one of my favorite games of all time. Absolutely incredible. And the only reason why Baldur's Gate 3 wasn't higher is because I haven't beat Baldur's Gate 3 yet. So that's that's something that I need to, to get back to for sure. But my winter break game that I thought, oh, no big deal. I'm just going to, you know, mainline the story, run through it with Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Now, let me tell you how badly I underestimated how much I love CD Projekt Red side content. I put 128 or 132 hours into that game um, over the course of maybe, I'd say, three or four weeks. And then by the time I got to Phantom Liberty, I was a little bit burned out, so I had to take a break. But then I came back in and finished Phantom Liberty. And let me tell you, absolutely incredible experience. I was playing the best version of Cyberpunk, I think, it's arguably like the way that we should have played it at release. Um, and I think if it came out the way it is now in 2020, um, it would have been a genre defining game. People would have lauded it more than they did. And I think that it, you know, obviously CD project got criticized for it. Um, justly so for the way that it did release and the way that they handled it, especially for last gen players. But I, I still think it's a wonderful game. And I would argue that it always was a good game it was just so surrounded in controversy that there was no space for people to talk about what an amazing, incredible narrative experience it was. It's literally just a, a noir detective spy espionage, like 
game. And that's really what it is. It's harkening back to so many of those old cool games from the 360 and PS2 era. Like I'm thinking of Heavy Rain. I'm thinking of a lot of other David Cage experiences while I'm playing through it. But it's in this incredible uh, player as V. And she is just, when we talk about main characters, one of the coolest main characters. And I say she because I played as the female V, um, which I feel, I feel like is, is pretty canon. I don't know. It Regardless, as neither here nor there. But I think that it is just really really good and then phantom liberty ratcheted up a notch with um obviously the star power of idris elba and the other hollywood actors they got to play in the multiple main character parts of that game um it's just everything is just balls to the wall action and it's oozing with style so i can't recommend anybody play it more now that we have all of these quality of life experiences as you go through the game you can romance characters and when i was really digging into the game they even opened up uh a a side option like a little side mission where once you have a romance established with a main character in that game you can call them to go to your apartment to have a little date it's just so cool there's so much stuff that you can do to have a lived in real world experience in night city and night city is almost a character itself in that in that game so it's just i loved it from front to back awesome um, but but other than Cyberpunk, I've been playing Cocoon. I beat Cocoon. It was Ooh. one of those games you can play in a day. Um, and I felt like I was seeing the Matrix as I was going through there. I've never I've never been like the best at puzzle games, but for something, some reason, this game really hit the right mark with me and I just blew through it. So Cocoon is a wonderful Game Pass option for people who do have that Game Pass Ultimate subscription. Um, I've also been playing Power World. I did a little bit of content on, about Power World um, on the Gaming Together podcast with Philip and Nave over there, and that was really, really good fun. Um, it's not the, it's, I mean, it's, it's another game surrounded by absolute controversy on uh, Twitter, the website formerly known as Twitter, and I think that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about it. But I think one of the biggest takeaways, if I could just like relay it really quickly here is the idea that um, there is a really, uh, there is a lot of fun to be had in that game. And I think if you just give it space, if you just jump in, check it out, see it, try to close your ears to a lot of the controversy surrounding it, you will have a good time when you're jumping into Power World. Um, it's really, really fun. I tried the demo for Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, fell in love with it. Um, but I don't have a lot of time on my hands right now because I'm trying to get ready for Dragon's Dogma 2 and uh, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. So um, I'm going to have to shelve that. And then maybe when Ubisoft sale comes around, which it inevitably will later this year, I'll pick that up on the cheap and uh, get through the rest of that. But that's what I've been up to lately. Awesome. If you don't mind me asking, what platform are you playing Cyberpunk on? Uh, I played it on PC. I got it off of Steam. Yeah. Good. Nice. Yeah. It's really, nice. really great. I uh, actually ran an HDMI cable from my computer. I put a hole it, yeah, in my wall and I ran it to my OLED out in the living room so I could yeah. play it with that OLED experience. And it's just, it's 10 out of 10. It's, it's so good. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't think I could top that. <laughs> what have you been playing, <laughs> Bree? You're muted. You're muted. Oh, awkward. Uh, I was going to say, what makes you think that I could top that? But, um, okay, what have I been up to? Well, um, I've been playing, for video games, I've been playing um, Potion Permit. Um, I've even, obviously, further into the game, and I am loving that game so much. It's so fun and so cozy, and exactly the vibe that I was looking for in that game. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for the romance part to unlock because you have to like get to a certain level of friendship or whatever. So I'm waiting for that because I think that'll be fun. Um, 
what else have I been doing? Um, I've been actually watching a lot of anime recently. I'm trying to catch up on the season a little bit. Um, so just watching a lot of like seasonal stuff. Um, I think my two, we did an anime cast about this. So you should watch that for full recommendations. But my two big ones are solo leveling and a sign of affection. Those are the two that are like so good. So, so good. Did you tell me about a sign of affection? That's a, a new romance anime. Okay, great. Yes. I have to put that on yes. my list. It was so good. It's so good. And it's get, so get in cozy. The feels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, and then I've been reading um another Harry Potter fan fiction, so we don't have to get into it, but it's basically a rewrite of the last book. But Draco is part of like the yeah, Draco's part of like the group that goes. So they like the... massively improved the the last seventh book, right? Yeah. Yeah, great. Love it. Pick up the pieces, yeah. internet. Thank you. Wow. That bad. <laughs> the internet really does pull through. <laughs> That's why I keep I keep saying, like, I think I'm gonna watch all of Merlin just so I can read the Merlin fan fiction that like kind of fixes it. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Was I uh, now before we move on, was Merlin like a, a show that was on like USA or something? It was like a mainline um, syndication TV show. I can't remember what channel it was on here. I almost want to say it was on maybe? sci-fi. Okay. Um okay. but sense. yeah, it's it's just like another King Arthur retelling, but like I I thought the show was really good. I just didn't I stopped watching it and then they like canceled it. And then I was like, well, I guess I should have never watched it then. Mm. I was that they Prime it. time television over here. I can tell you that for free. Yeah. <laughs> so it definitely That's wasn't. It was on one of the random channels. So for us. Outstanding. Because we're like British people. What the? <laughs> what have we ever done for you? You know, besides created the whole King Arthur, you know, canon, the lore of King Arthur himself. You know, what was my favorite retelling of that universe was the Guy Ritchie film with Jude Law. Loved it. Loved it. It was mm. absolute nonsense, but really, really fun. I think all yeah, my that's... favorite retellings are books. Mm, yeah. Unsurprising. Nice. What about you, Sam? Yeah, yeah that's what I was about to say. What have you been playing? Um... <clears throat> That's not under embargo. You can um, say it's under embargo. We're not live. Yeah, I uh, I have <laughs> been playing a whole hell of a lot of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Did you kill them? The just, did you kill the Justice League yet? You bet your ass I did, Taylor. Mm. Every don't single curse. one of them. Um, that's a lie, actually. You don't kill one of them. Um, I, I find it so strange that there's a, a like a, a vitriol online that in a game called Kill the Justice League, you do in fact kill the Justice League. I, I just I don't quite understand where that disconnect is in people's brains. I, I assume maybe they thought it was like a fake out and that that was like the goal, but you wouldn't actually do it. Mm, yeah, but still well, well a lot of like what amanda waller does like or what she does with that suicide squad team is that they start on a mission and then everything goes foobar mm -hmm. and then they can't actually accomplish what they so they have to pivot to something either even crazier or ballsier or something along those lines so i don't know i just think that a lot of people really really look at the arkham universe as the s tier representation of the dc universe in video games mm -hmm. and so for them to mess with that canon i think that they might be a little bit yeah. bummed about it. I think that really they are you anybody who is upset with the game, rightly or wrongly, is probably using 
other arguments to veil that argument. Oh, uh, yeah. You're saying something yeah. else where in reality the root of the problem is that it's, if it was a complete Elseworlds detached thing, it wouldn't matter. But because it is Arkham, Batman, this is canon to those previous games, mm -hmm. I think that that's where people take issue. Um, I, I, I think I've said it on a recording before, um, last week maybe. I am unironically having a pretty good time with it. Uh, not um, allowed. Mm -mm. Yeah, I heard Which pretty is, terrible things. How dare you have fun with the video games? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but then, you know, th take it with a grain of salt because I am the person that played like hundreds of hours of Marvel's Avengers. Um, I didn't know you played that much, and I never got it before it was delisted. Maybe I can get it off Amazon physically if I care about it that much. You can probably get a physical copy easy, yeah, I would have thought. Um, for dirt cheap as well. Um, yeah, I, I I I like it. I agree with essentially every criticism I've heard and seen. Um, it is pretty hollow, quite vapid. Um, the, the systems aren't that deep. The gameplay can get repetitive very quickly, but then I would argue that all of those criticisms also were levied against Marvel's Avengers, and those didn't outweigh the fun of the the moment-to-moment -moment stuff for me. Um, mm. it, 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 that being said, I do think that this one is going to get longer in the tooth faster because the, um, the, 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 at least as far as I've seen the build variety and the actual differences in gameplay styles, um, and abilities aren't as unique as they were in Avengers. I think that that was the one shining glory of Avengers is that they actually made characters that felt very distinct from one another. That's less the case here, so I think that it's not going to have the same kind of legs, which is an indictment in and of itself, because Avengers didn't last that long. But uh, no, I, I am having fun. Um, I, I wrapped up the, the story um, earlier today. Um, and for the I, I would say the same thing for Avengers, like you, Taylor, saying you might pick up a physical copy, dirt cheap, at least to experience the story. I think that whilst this could technically rub you the wrong way more than Avengers ever could because of the Arkhamverse stuff, I do still think that the narrative substance that is here is worth experiencing. So if this is ever on major discount, which it probably will be sooner rather than later, or dropped into a subscription service, I would absolutely recommend at least playing through the, the narrative section um and just drop when the end game kicks off because that is again pretty pretty shallow um i i actually did i get access to the alpha of this game when they mm. were testing the servers and, and will and i were both able to jump in we didn't we weren't able to find time to jump in at the same time i will say i really really liked what i felt of the traversal i could yeah. imagine with some characters it would be a lot more fun than others um i wasn't a huge fan of the way that harley moved it was like they were trying to imitate um insomniac spider-man but mm -hmm. it, they couldn't quite get those systems nailed down which i wouldn't be surprised if they couldn't um but it was something that i has come to my mind is that obviously they're so dedicated to this being a live service game and i'm imagining that they're doing it a just because of finances because it makes sense financially for them to help support what other future games they want to get for the rocksteady arkhamverse um but do you think when it comes to live service are they doing enough if not more than what we've seen from destiny 
um, Destiny 2 rather, or like some of the games that are active ongoing live service games now? That's such an interesting question. I I would love to give you a definitive answer, but I think that the the live service minefield is more temperamental and unpredictable than ever, really. And it seems like even if a live service game comes out and does relatively well in the first few weeks, it could nosedive and, and die within a couple of months. I would say, again, I can, I'm can. i not really a massive live service guy, so the only thing that I've played comparable would be Avengers. I think that right now at launch, the end game is, again, pretty, pretty shallow. But the first season of post-launch content, which has you know the the Joker as a playable character, brand new environments, new missions, um, gear, that kind of thing, that's dropping next month, which is a far better um, pace than Marvel's Avengers ever managed to attain. If they can sustain that pace, which it seems that like they're trying to do, maybe, you know. Okay. It's so hard to say. I think that I agree with you. The traversal and stuff is something that is pretty solid in this game. Um, I agree with stuff like Harley feeling pretty bad. I think if if they just remove the cooldown on that grapple, it's it would be fine. Sure. If you okay. could essentially like budget Spider Man your way around without having to worry about cooldowns, that would be fine. Yeah. And I think that that's totally viable as well. I don't know why they haven't just done that um, automatically. But yeah, like time will tell. I think it's. Do I think Rocksteady could pull it off with the quality of the game that's currently here? I have more faith in this than other live service attempts I've seen as of late, but that isn't really saying much. So, okay. yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, and I can't, I can't talk about anything else that I'm doing. So that's, that's me. It's um, the Last of Us three. He's playing the Last of Us three right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you often? Obviously, you know you're you're keeping current with your with your job and with IGN and everything. But do you uh, try to carve out time in your personal life to play games for fun, or is it all just work <laughs> work games? Oh, I, I I wish I wish I wish Nick. Um, oh, it's okay. Yeah, he like somehow I, finds time to platinum lots of games. I do <laughs> somehow. Okay. I do, to be fair. Um, but realistically, it, it's maybe like ninety percent work, ten percent for for relaxation. It's just because that, like, once this becomes a job, and I imagine this is the case if you're like a full time content creator or anything in the space. Once you have a hobby that then becomes work, it's almost impossible without like real dedication and, and time to find a way to separate those two things. Yeah. And my Absolutely. brain just isn't there and hasn't been there. I think it's, I think I should be, do, be doing that, but will I TBD, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We talk about wellness in, in self care and it had been for a while there where I was playing my rock ally or I have a, I have a, a 3ds that I'll occasionally play fire emblem conquest on mm. before bed. But then I, you know, I started, it started catching up to me and my sleep schedule was being terrible. And then obviously reading a bunch of like articles online and research about blue light right before you go to sleep. And it's, it's terrible. You're not getting the, the best uh, restful sleep that you can unless you, you know, try to turn off the phone and put away the screens at least 30 minutes before 
before actually sleeping. So it's something you got to be mindful of. It's just it's hard to to keep up at this day and age, especially when you're when you have deadlines coming up and commitments. Exactly. Too. Yeah. yeah. Taylor, what have what, what have you been playing, my guy? Nothing, Sam. Uh, <sighs> Absolutely work. nothing has been my pc is still down i was supposed to be playing control and i was going to continue a plague tale and this did a play happen and then i felt tempted to download death stranding because i never played the game after a few hours um and then did you did you buy it or had you had you previously owned it i bought it ps4 death stranding at launch and played it for a few hours digitally so i still have it okay. connected to my account Got um it. and i through ps plus i have the director's cut upgrade so i was like yo maybe that's true. I was playing a play till innocence. It was, I was a few hours in, it was okay. Uh, so far. Um, and I'm like, might hop off, but work went into seventh gear. Uh, so that's been taking up my time. I had to work this weekend. Um, I work on vital infrastructure, work on vital infrastructure and when stuff goes wrong and you find out a product in your production system, has been delinquent for lack of a better word for seven years and you need to fix it. Mm. They start asking you to work a lot. Are you salaried so, or, or do they at least pay you overtime? So I'm, I'm union represented. So okay. I get overtime. Um, I, I'm an engineer, but I, I do get overtime. Um, also awesome. yeah, at least I have that. Uh, so my silver lining is, uh, I got conveyor belt sushi last night. So that my overtime <laughs> paid for that. And uh, anything related to my PC was, I'll say the silver lining is my OT is paying for any monetary inconveniences from that. So, yes. yeah. Are, so we, are we going to get, are you going to get a 4090 once you get no, all up and running? No, are you going to get no. a new graphics card? That's, okay. that's just to recoup no? cost from having to replace a motherboard oh, and yeah. a PSU. Uh, yeah. Well, I bought a new plate and bought a new power supply anyway. So. It's what what motherboard are we going with since you have to replace it? Because this is very oh. interesting to me. I'm a tech nerd. Okay, you're yeah. So I had a rise. So, so Bree Sam, this might sound start sounding like gibberish. Uh, <laughs> I got a upgraded to a Ryzen 5700X on my okay. A4 motherboard in December, and my after moving, my PC wouldn't turn on. Oh no! No no lights, no nothing, and I'm like that power supply. Tried my friend's power supply that he used in his PC. I know it works didn't work yeah I'm oh, like, wow. okay see i think it's either motherboard or processor I swapped out to my old processor nothing okay and so i'm like has to be the motherboard mm -hmm. but i yeah. decided to upgrade my power supply anyway because i was running 550 watts in a 3070 which oh. is a bit low yeah that's not enough that's not so enough. um i don't think okay for the record i don't think i bricked my graphics card but i think i could use more wattage so i upgraded to 850 watt okay. uh, supernova psu um yeah. and new new motherboard and also got a 5700x replacement because when i was changing our processors to test if my it was a cpu issue my heat sink took took out the ryzen processor with it and a couple pins were bent no oh and i was that's like awful i was like dude that is so I'm not dealing with this <laughs> so I, I looked at what data was at my because i bought the cpu on december 7th amazon's holiday return policy extends to oh, january okay. 31st yeah. It was January 28th. So I'm like, defective. Click. <laughs> yeah. Click. And uh, yeah, you got, got the refund confirmation yesterday. And I got a new 5700X. So 
Um, I could have upgraded to AM5. If I knew my CPU was, was that a Ryzen go, maybe... 7 or was it the the X, XDX models that they are coming out with? I think it was just Ryzen 50 step, regular Ryzen 7. Um, okay, got it. I was going to upgrade to, I was thinking of, if I knew my CPU was going to fail, maybe I should have upgraded to an AM5 motherboard. Then it would have yeah. also had to buy new RAM. And I'm like, exactly, exactly. You'd have like, to basically just do a new build if you're going to yeah. do an AM5. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think I'll save that for my next rebuild in four to six years. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's what's going on there. If my graphics card doesn't work, um, I'm going to be really mad. I, I really think it will work because when I was testing my new motherboard with my new power supply, I put in the GPU on the counter with my motherboard and I plugged it into the power supply. Fans were running, lights were on. Okay. It was, it was at least getting power. Um, okay. so I'm like, I think, I think it'll be fine. Well, that's um, good. And I mean yeah. the four, the forty the forty series supers that they just came out with seem to be working pretty well. I know. Did you did you go Radeon or did you go GTX? I have a 30, 3070. So okay, got it. yeah, I I do too. I do too. I got a EVGA. Yeah, love it. Well, I can't go wrong. Yeah. So all that is to say, I've been wanting to rebuild my computer. I was going to do it yesterday, but then I had to work yesterday. I was going to mm-hmm. do it today, but I have to work later today. So. I think I should be out of the woods by this coming weekend so I can get my PC back. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've been relegated to Tom, stop it. That's fighting me. Um, <laughs> relegated to <laughs> consoles, not, not saying it's bad. All right. I'm just saying I, I was playing control on PC cause I wanted to go. I played Alan Wake remaster last year and American nightmare. And I wanted to go down the list control Alan Wake two. Um, but it's going to be on, hiatus until my pc's rebuilt um so anyway if i, I, didn't play if I could go yeah. backwards in time i think control was probably my game of the year of 2019 like what an incredible i mean that year was crazy it was a weird year actually but i think of the games that came out that year control in retrospective was the favorite like hands down of anything mm-hmm. that i played that year and i think Fallen Order came out that same year, if not shortly before or after Control came around in that time frame. But uh, yeah, absolutely loved Control. And I would say about Plague Tale, if you wanted to organize your gameplay with it, that is a 48-hour game. You know, meal prep for yourself a little bit. Sit on the couch on Sunday, play through it. You'll finish it on Sunday or Saturday and Saturday and Sunday, full days. No, no time off. You know, just play <laughs> through it all, and, and you'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin keeps singing its praises. I'm like, all right, Kev, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, I think I'll pick it back up and see it through. Just as Kevin's so enthusiastic about it. And I, I, and I am I am curious about uh, you all in terms of um, the PlayStation Plus service, and especially because after watching this last day to play and getting excited about Death Stranding 2, I was like, I need to go and actually play the first one. And I know uh-huh. that you said that the director's cut is on PlayStation Extra. Plus Extra. And <laughs> I was looking at it online, and I think like for an annual upgrade, it would be just like maybe 70 more bucks for me. But are there enough games besides Death Stranding on there do you think like makes that valuable? For I, well, there's Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, which I was also using that for. Um, but let's see. The question is, is there any other games that make it really valuable? I'll defer to Sam. He's the resident PS Plus guru. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there are personally. I think extra with the pricing. Extra was a good value at 100 bucks a year. The price mm-hmm. increase to 135 makes it really tough for me. Okay. To justify it. Not because I can't afford it, but just from a how much, how little I 
how little games I play through the year in terms of quantity doesn't seem like it would, it would seem like it would be more worth it for me to just purchase uh, the $10 upgrades and have it in my library, my PS library, indefinitely. But interesting. See what yeah. Sam thinks. It's so interesting. I think one, I mean, it goes without saying, it kind of depends on what you have and haven't played thus far. Um, I would say more so than Game Pass, because Game Pass is just all-encompassing. I think it depends on what kind of thing you're looking for mm. on PlayStation, because it's 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 a very unique ecosystem, particularly in comparison to Xbox and Game Pass. If you're looking for <clears throat> the first-party banger AAA stuff, a little lacking. There's still like good selections: Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Um, I believe Forbidden West is still on there. Um, See, that's the problem: is I've bought almost all of the Sony first-party games exactly. that have come out for the PS5 already. So it's just be like, exactly. am I what I would be paying for this service for either the third-party stuff that yeah. has been exclusive to PlayStation, or just stuff that I haven't had time to to actually touch on. Yeah, I'm and Tough. I'm exactly the same as you. I I will almost always purchase every Sony first party game that comes out, regardless. Right. Um, because I'm a shill. Um, <laughs> no, just because I, I like the experiences that they make, um, and want to support them. So I don't use PlayStation Plus for that. Okay. And I guess because I am getting the AAA experiences that I want and I feel like I'm getting my money's worth. I don't know. Maybe it's just a me thing, but I've got the mentality that I'm maybe slightly more forgiving for lacking stuff elsewhere. Because again, Game Pass is just all the Xboxes at this point, whereas PlayStation has, in my mind, PlayStation Plus, which I use solely, like you say, for third-party back-compat stuff, um, and some of the the premium you know ps1 ps2 titles that are on there uh if you're looking just for the like really high quality stuff that everyone is talking about from playstation probably not worth it okay um particularly if you're like you say have purchased most of the first party games of the past few years anyway right um i would still say that like the the lower tier is probably still worth it because you get access to the catalog i think the catalog is relatively strong mm -hmm. um and yeah. you do every now and then obviously you get new games every month but you do now and then get really high quality indie day one releases that you know cheer you had stray foam stars is coming up um right. yeah so if you're looking for that kind of thing i think extra is yeah. fine i would probably ward most people off of going for the higher tiers though because sure for most people probably not worth it but for a diehard i think I, I can't help but not you know just have yeah everything that they're offering me I, I want it all even if i don't use it every single day sure well it's it's interesting because i am in terms of like an ecosystem i'm in a very interesting space because like obviously i love everything that you know obviously i have a series x in my living room and so that's kind of become my crunchy roll machine as well as just like game pass whenever i i want to jump in there and, and and play that but i also um 
you know, have, have been on my PC and I've been doing so much PC gaming recently. And as well as the fact that I have a, a ROG ally that mm. I can PC game in bed and I can also Xbox game pass in bed. And unfortunately, yes. like, and you can, you can mod it so you can get actually, if I'm not mistaken, you can do a pretty decent uh mirror of your playstation 5 if you really wanted to on your and your under rog ally but that would be something that i'd uh, i'm not super technically proficient in that sort of thing so it'd be something that i have to work on for a good minute but as i'm flipping through the game pat or the excuse me the uh, playstation plus extra catalog there are several things several titles in here that really do pique my interest i mean they have all of the life is strange stuff they have the kingdom hearts 1.5 2.5 remix in there um i've recently <laughs> become a final fantasy guy final fantasy mm. 16 really really did it to me um and then now i'm also yes. going back and playing yeah i'm, I'm playing uh xeno saga episode one it's so funny recently wow. i went to a PS2. local game shop i bought a ps2 so i could play that game physical um because getting it online is just it's so much of a headache to go through emulation and doing all that so i'm doing that and i picked up a copy of the 10 10 2 remaster at that same shop when i bought the mm. console but then as i'm looking online they have a 10 10 2 remaster on uh game uh playstation oh, yeah. plus extra mm -hmm. which is incredible and they have a, a few other ones and there's the final fantasy 7 remake integrated I don't know how crucial Yuffie's story is to Cloud and Sephiroth and their journey through Midgard, um, but there seems to be a lot here. So, I mean, there's, I, I feel, and also there are a few indies that I just haven't had time to really touch. Um, and generally when I do indies, it's either through Game Pass or it's through Steam. So, I mean, I think there might be enough here for me to try it out for a few months, especially stuff like Hotline Miami, mm -hmm. um, or, or other things like Ghostwire Tokyo, where it's like I'm not really gonna put down money to to own it unless it's on crazy, crazy steep sale on Steam. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo should be on Game Pass. It is. Yeah, it it is on Game Pass. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But it's the like other other things like uh, as as I'm flipping through it, I don't really have any any interest in any of the Dragon Quest stuff. But Demon Souls is another mm -hmm. one where it's like I that's a it's a good entry into the from soft verse i have it on my um dave jackson from tales from the backlog i'm part of his mm -hmm. discord and he has a uh, backlog resolution list where all of his uh <laughs> friends and members sign up to a spreadsheet that's being tracked and he has like a whole algorithm that's tracking the games that's on your list what you've started and what you've beaten in uh, bloodborne is on that list for me to beat this year it's on my resolution oh for yeah 24. Yeah. and yes. so i think if i get through bloodborne and Demon Souls is right there. This might be something that I could just jump into for the game, the the PlayStation Plus Extra catalog. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say in the same way that you could recommend it for Game Pass, like try it out for a month or two. Yeah, and if you if you really do find value in the kind of games there, then stick around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I needed I needed somebody to talk me into it for sure. <laughs> There you go. There you go. You have thanks permission. You. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I, I thanks, Sam. <laughs> I think I'll be downgrading to extra um, in March. My subscription's up. Are you so at premium now? Sorry, I said I'll down. I mean, I I'm going to downgrade to essential. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Essential because on extra, I just don't. I don't play enough video games to warrant having extra, and the ones mm. that I do grab an extra are just like I said, these ten dollar upgrades that I'd rather just spend the ten dollars on. Yeah, like for Ghost of Su well, Ghost of Tsushima would be thirty because there's a DLC yeah, and the PS5 whole... upgrade. Yeah, Iki Island DLC for that. Iki mm -hmm. Island, yeah. I still have yet to play Iki Island, but yeah. 
Um, anyway, in another tab, I have Marvel's Avengers on BestBuy.com for $12 in my cart uh, for the PS4. <laughs> um, see if you can find it anywhere for cheaper than that. I but... can't. Right before was Delisters going for 4 on yeah. on PlayStation Store, and I missed it. So, so mm -hmm. that was my chance, Sam. We, well, I did warn you, Taylor. You did. You did. Um, um, 12. I think you could spin that. But it, like, it, it's only if you're really actively interested. If you're just like passively interested, don't do it. It is passive. Okay, don't do it. It's not worth it. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, you guys, we've had officially 40 minutes of Zoomies. How we good feel about stories. <laughs> We're going to jump in there. Let's jump in there. Uh, Taylor, do you want to take it away or you want me to? Eh, I've talked for a while. You can do it, Brie. Okay. Um, so we are going to be reading off of the PlayStation blog for everything revealed in the January 2024 state of play. Um, there was a lot of stuff, but we'll just go. I'm just going to read down this list. I have no idea what order this list is on the blog. Um, okay, so we got a trailer for Dave the Diver. Um, I believe yes, they Sam. God, was it Godzilla? Yes. yes. Yep, they was, was, revealed Godzilla is coming from the abyss in Dave the Diver. I... How that's going to work. Please be excited. I don't know. Seems, this seems fun. But this game is like Godzilla times Kong hype. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this game is really, really fun. I talked about uh, bedtime gaming. This was another one that was a ROG ally bedtime game for me. And it is just funny. They have really, really smart writing in there. Uh, playing as Dave, just a big old boy trying to run a sushi restaurant. It's got that uh, sim aspect to it. And you're going out and it also has a little bit of um, just like, obviously, it has some traversal elements or some rogue light elements. Every time you're going into the water, you're trying to capture certain fish in order to bring back to the sushi restaurant. But then you're faced with really, really dangerous aquatic life forms like, you know, uh, bone tooth sharks or like hammerheads or then you know giant squids and octopus down there so you're you're fighting these gargantuan creatures so having godzilla if you play a little bit more of this does make sense and it's consistent with the lore it's just they combine what's just really snarky writing with like really funny anime styled cutscenes as you're playing through the game and so there's a lot of charm here and this recently got a lot of hate last year because uh, uh kind of funny was trying to make a debate about whether or not it's a true indie I don't really think that matters. I just think that the Why game does that is matter? fun. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. But I guess that people mean? people just want to categorize it. Kind of. Yeah. I think it was a silly fight that kind of funny was was having, and then it just turned into like a way bigger argument than. It I mean, like it was also the internet stole it away. It was also because um, of the nomination at nominated Game Awards. At, yeah, at Game Awards for indie, which yeah. I think was the the main okay. thing, but. Mm -hmm. Okay. I need to get back to I need to get back to David Diver. Yeah, I sure. I put it down too. I put it down too. But it's one of those easy ones where it's like it's not like Animal Crossing where they make you feel like the worst person ever because mm -hmm. you haven't played it when you go back in. So it's something you can just pick back up or put down whenever you want. It's yeah. a good game. Okay, I'm actually the I think the thing we all want to talk about most is is the second thing down. So I'm actually going to reverse the list wait, in case anybody's wait, looking wait, at the document. Wait, or the I have a I have a suggestion. So I just added it because I thought it would be 
maybe more useful. So the PlayStation blog mentions the games in alphabetical order. I think it would be more fun to talk about them in the order in which they presented. I found a Eurogamer article that I think does that. Perfect. I'll link it in the show Thank you. All right. So the next would be Helldivers 2. Um, Right. I every time I see this game, I'm like, man, this game looks so old, and it's not even out yet. <laughs> I don't really know old? I don't think it looks, I it looks old good, at all, man. But it, it looks very cheeky. It looks like um, Starship Troopers, but that we should have actually gotten from the Starship Troopers game. Um, but but PlayStation first party games as a service type experience, and there's customization in here. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, they literally look like. ODSTs with capes. They look like hunters from from Destiny Two. I mean, that's this. There could be a one for one here, but it, I think it is interesting. I mean, they're they're literally ripping directly from a lot of the rhetoric and kind of the type of cheekiness of the Starship Troopers franchise. But I think there might be some fun to be had here. Yeah, I got some for those who remember the PlayStation exclusive Skyhawk. I got a little Skyhawk vibes from. The Mars-like terrain of Helldivers 2 and the over-the-shoulder um, little tongue-in-cheek style that it has. Um, yeah, I thought it looked cool. I just don't think it's my type of game. It's um, right, roguelite, third-person shooter, co-op third-person shooter. So, if you, well, if I guess if you really liked Returnal, you might like this game. If you'd like Returnal for the gameplay loop, that is, rather than the alien-esque atmosphere. Oh, okay. I, I, I think, think that <laughs> go ahead, Sam. Sorry. Not good. Okay. Well, I, the way that I'm approaching this game is that I will get this game. If I have enough of my friends be like, Nick, please play this with us. We tried mm. it. We jumped in. It's actually really fun. We want you in there. And I need an excuse to play with my friends on PlayStation. Cause I have enough of people over there that still generally want to play with me when I'm not doing my first party games or my single player games. So I think that that's, probably going to be the beauty of it and my hope is when we talk about a multiplayer experience like this because this is a new one this is something that playstation invested so heavily in under the guidance and the leadership of jim ryan that the servers are going to be able to handle the load and support of that playstation audience who will jump in there so my hope is is that i'm sure we'll see some issues i'm sure there will be some functionality hiccups that they'll run into over the course of time but i think that uh, yeah like it's just going to be a fun dumb experience to jump in with your friends and do some silly stuff maybe have a fun stream mm. yeah yeah i think it's it's so difficult because if put it this way and i know that this is so typical like sony mindset um or sony fan mindset you fan if boy. this game if this if this game had a single player campaign i'd almost guarantee be picking it up Mm, yeah, but I think that because it is solely reliant on cooperative play, and on top of that, that you kind of need to be actively cooperating with your squad. It isn't mainly like you can meet up with randoms and have fun in the same way that you could shouting what you need to do at friends. I think that that is the hurdle that is going to hurt this game. If anything, I think that quality-wise, it looks good. Um, I think that the shift in perspective from top down to third person is a really smart move. Um, I love the humor and the, the sort of tongue-in-cheek approach, as Nick said. Um, the customization is like, I'm all about that stuff. Um, if anything's going to rope me in, it's that kind of thing. But 
yeah i'm almost like word for word exactly where you are nick if people play it other than me and i like got you need to you need to try this out then i'll go for it but i don't think i'm gonna bite the bullet otherwise you know helldivers 2 would think would have been a good game to release day one on ps plus extra agreed it's agreed. interesting like i know that we'll be talking about it shortly but like the fact that this and foam stars is coming out in the same month and foam stars is a day one ps plus release but right, this isn't right interesting choice I well isn't foam stars uh uh square it, it is, is yeah but like to have two live service third person shooters launching in the same month one being ps plus is is strange you would have thought maybe that the playstation would have a more vested interest that that hell divers succeeds than foam stars does i but agree I with that especially since it's like they acquired arrowhead and arrowhead is like you know first party developer now and i i would say that uh there are a couple of uh release date decisions in this uh, uh state of play that i were highly questionable by those are the biggest thing that popped off at the top of my head but we can get into that later mm -hmm. but yeah i agree with you that's this makes me scratch my head a little bit I okay, just think next. that people aren't gonna like foam stars. Sorry to interrupt you, Reed. but yeah, I, I, I don't think I think they probably looked at it, they play tested it, and they were like, "Okay, yeah, PlayStation Plus, let's just throw let's it just on there. Let's out, just yeah. let, let's just get it out." I guess. Um. So next on the list is Stellar Blade, um, mm. which I can say I will for sure be playing. I was not expecting it to come out so soon. We did get a release date of the twenty sixth of April. Um, we got a bunch of combat. Um, we got a look at side quests. We got a look at a million outfits. <laughs> so many outfits. So she many got changed outfits. every scene. Got more naked as each outfit progressed, too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm definitely playing this. Um, I, from the first time I saw this game, I thought that it looks like it looks very near esque. Um, and I love Nier, and so I will definitely be playing this. It looks fun. It reminds me of um, Bayonetta as well in terms of the mm -hmm. action combat and like kind of the stylized use of the camera work there, I think. I think it could be a good time. I'm hopeful. Mm -hmm. Speaking of release date qualms, it's I, 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 I am struggling to comprehend exactly why. And granted, this is mainly all third-party, second-party stuff, but why PlayStation is so adamant on completely overly front loading this year and because it's q4 they gotta the they last... gotta get it up before the end of q4 we gotta I, get I guess shareholders sure. uh, the fiscal year right i guess i guess but it is it's weird optically to see so many games smushed together as console exclusives um and as far as we know currently the the last half of the year being a bit barren um right and final fantasy 16 um echoes of the fallen which is that i think i'm sorry it was a rising tide which i think rising tide, uh, rising which is tide the bigger yeah. the bigger dlc is also releasing in the spring <laughs> yeah so yeah we're gonna have a slow summer i think that'll be nice for for backlog folks like myself but yeah it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be Amen. a slow summer besides senua um or what? or spy times anya operation oh, memories oh. of course what do you think of seller blade guys other than the timing I think it looks okay. I think, I think it looks great. I, I was much higher on it every other time it's been shown. I think it looked the weakest it's looked in this state of play. Um, because when it was first revealed, and I think the 
other trailer after the reveal seemed to make it look far more fast-paced and flashy than the gameplay of this state of play seemed to indicate. I don't have like an overt problem with that necessarily. It gave me very strong FF7 vibes, actually. But I don't know. I was maybe expecting something with a little more a little more DMC energy um, from mm. the other times they've shown it, and that might not be the game we're getting, which isn't a bad thing. It's just I'm less in than I was prior. Yeah, I, I think that it's really interesting. I just don't know where to land with this game. Um, obviously, I love the Nier franchise as, as anybody else does, and, and I really would like this to be a really fun action combat experience. Um, this gives me a lot of feelings of something that is going to be relatively vapid narratively, though. Like, I can see you going mm. from scene to scene and talking to these characters and them being beautifully rendered in, in gorgeous environments, and it just make no sense as to what this character's motivation is or they're getting so deeply in their bag of uh, maybe esoteric philosophy in terms of what they're trying to tell in the story that it's just not attachable by anyone so i, I i'm gonna hold my reservations until i actually see someone definitively come out and be like this is the type of experience you're gaming because i agree with you this was not the best way for them to show this I would I would have to say like I almost wonder if you're getting that vibe on the story because it the audio from the trailer very felt very like slapped together it didn't feel like it was the real voice cast or if it was a real voice cast it wasn't like an accurate depiction of what the dub will be because like the way that it was dubbed was very like over the top and like dramatic and I would hope that that's not the not that I will be playing this in the dubbed version I usually play with like the native language where the game was made if that's an option but like I'm wondering if that's kind of part of it because the the lines of dialogue that were delivered were like really cheesy and I yeah. wonder if that's kind of affecting it. could be could be Who knows? I will okay. say before we move on I do think there is a, a strong chance, not necessarily a guarantee, but a strong chance that um, Shift Up, the developers of Stellar Blade, are a potential acquisition target if this goes well. Mm -hmm. I think that they've partnered up with them. Um, it's South Korean developer, yes. I believe. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I think that they might want a, a foothold in that area. Um, yeah, because they've done a couple of relatively cheap as well. If this is like their first big game, yeah, I mean they've they've done a couple of acquisitions in South Korea recently as well, right? Like I think the last two that weren't like any like game publishers or whatever, they were like the technology thing. I think those are both from South Korea, if I remember correctly. Interesting. So, um, okay, next I have no idea if this is Sonic's Sonic Shadow Generations or Sonic X Shadow Generations, but I'm gonna go with the anime title convention and say sonic shadow generations or is it sonic time shadow so i'm almost <laughs> says times on cbx well so it's no. not hunter times hunter it's hunter hunter so i'm just or cross because street, street fighter cross tekken was called street fighter cross tekken and it had an x in it shadow i think generations. the x i think we include the x i think hmm that i game think what's awesome sorry yeah well no it's okay i um I'm all big. I'm all for people enjoying uh, Sonic. I just think that it's like this was just like a really n non 
like non-announcement for me it's mm-hmm. like okay they have sonic generations but then like there's shadow in there but they didn't actually show much of shadow in the game and so it's like oh this could have just been a blog post he just shows in there and it zooms in like if they revealed that hayden christensen was actually going to be mm-hmm. playing shadow mm-hmm. in this game then that's that's something to get hype about right that's that's new newsworthy you know headline stuff for all of the sonic fans right but i think that it's 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 real interesting we'll we'll see what goes on there i i haven't i need to go back and play sonic frontiers i need a decent reason to like get into modern sonic games they just haven't given to me now i say that i have in in the studio in my third bedroom i have a sonic 2 movie poster that they gave out of my local theater so i love the the two movies and to see him go super sonic at the end of the last one and now hearing about the return of jim carrey there's a lot to uh be excited for in terms of the sonic cinema that's coming out but it's just like man i really wish we could go back to the good old days of sonic adventure battle 2 with the the child garden and all that good stuff but they're giving the diehard fans what they want so you can't you can't say no to that right no yeah no did, did anybody else find this a really weird announcement at a playstation show though yes, yes. like sega very rarely yeah. makes an appearance at playstation maybe they're hinting at like, an acquisition no, no, no if anybody's gonna acquire it, it's, gonna it's gonna be microsoft it's gonna be microsoft but no i would say that like i maybe it could be the executives at sega being like oh we've invested so heavily in our partnership with xbox let's mm-hmm. throw playstation a bone so mm-hmm. we're not playing as much favorites it could be a money thing so they could maintain that positive relationship mm-hmm. with with playstation and maybe keep them on their services for whatever games they have out there yeah but um, okay, say? next on this list is Zenless Zone Zero, which is uh, from Hoyaverse, which is the makers of Genshin Impact and Honkai Star Rail. Um, the announcement is that the game is in development. Um, Kyle is very excited. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one. All right. He's the... Have, have well, any I, of you I, ever I... played any of the Hoyaverse games? I've played Genshin. No, no. Um, okay. I've okay. played quite a bit of Genshin, but... Kyle kept getting mad because all I wanted to do was cook recipes. <laughs> Dude, that's all. Instead awful. of going fighting in the in the wilderness, <laughs> instead of, of playing Genshin the actual Impact. game, I was like, "How can I find more recipes and ingredients?" <laughs> mm, mm. And it's like it's in the game, but not necessarily what the game's for. But it's good. I think that like Hoyaverse does really well at like making sure that they're like the art is incredible. Like the the like uh, environments and stuff have a lot of like really awesome foliage and stuff like that. So they do a really great job. Um, gameplay is fun and smooth. So I'm sure this will be great. So yeah, more, more things for Kyle to spend thousands of dollars on. <laughs> no way. Thousands. Really? Uh, he's definitely on Genshin. He spent over a thousand. I'm pretty no sure. way, <laughs> bro. Really? <laughs> I haven't spent a thousand dollars on video games sure. in a year. Well, I... if you want to say my PC is video games, a new build. No, that, that's that's different. that's different. I'm fairly certain that's I've spent time. over a thousand on League, but wow, hundred percent. The, the most they won't, they won't let you scary. track anymore. Uh, so. The most I spent is 120 bucks, and that was Smash Ultimate plus all the DLC. So yeah, I mean to be fair, you have to remember how many years I've been playing League of Legends, and it's also a free game, so that's like the only way that they get their money. But anyways. Um, okay, next we have Sorry, just, just something before you I just looked it up. I didn't uh-huh. know this actually. Both Genshin and Honkai, as well as potentially Zenless, PlayStation console exclusive. I played yeah. Honkai Star Rail on my phone. 
We but they're not on. They're not on Xbox. Sure, Nathan. sure. Genshin isn't on Xbox. I'm I, don't think, sure I looked Genshin it up, is. and it's not listed as one of the platforms. I could be wrong, mm. but unless Google just lied to me, I know that Will played it's Genshin not. on PlayStation. So yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, they have that. They have that relationship with Sony. I just think that's a pretty Chinese. big deal. Um. Right. Is Genshin Impact coming to Xbox? The answer to the question is no, it's not on Xbox and is not currently planned to come to Xbox. Mm. And that Genshin was before Honkai, right? Yes. 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 So you would assume it's the same for both. And, and the developer's Chinese, right? Not, yes. not Japanese. Yeah. Is the, are they not Korean? I thought they were Korean. No, Hoya versus right? Chinese. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, like a, a good strategic partnership, it seems like, because those games obviously, um, from Kyle alone, make bank. So, yes. But it's like, my question is, is that in terms of messaging, why was this in the state of play? Like, we got m maybe five to eight seconds of like gameplay before they had moved on to the Foam Stars, which we're about to do. But at the same time, it's just like, it just reeks of padding. Like, we've heard about this game for the last three presentations. I guess, I'm not sure. It, it's, it's, in like the most optimistic sense, even though I'm not ever going to touch this game, um, it's reaffirming and um, reminding people watching that if you like those these games, Genshin and Honkai, PlayStation is going to be the console to play them on. Okay. Um, I and that. I think I think like I, again, I don't pay attention that much, but from what I've heard, there is quite a bit of hype around Zenless M Zero. Yeah. So okay, I think they're like, this game's upcoming, and you can play it on PlayStation. So mm -hmm. whether that's at launch, because it just says in development, I don't know whether that's going to be when the game launches, you'll be able to play it on PlayStation. But um, I did look it up. MiHoYo is the parent company of uh, HoYoVerse, and they are based in Shanghai. Interesting. So. Okay. There we go. Um, okay, then we got a preview for season one of Foam Stars, which will be coming on February 6th. Splatoon, baby. Splatoon 4. Um, then we then talk about David Diver again. We'll skip past it. Um, <laughs> That's all we have to say about Foam Stars. I have nothing. So Yeah, it's, 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 it's a thing. Sure, I hope game. it pleasantly surprises all of us. Put Sam's going to play it, though. I'm going to try it, for sure. I don't it's free. Like the it's going to be on essential, so it's free. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah. Um, okay, next is V Rising, which is a top down action game that will be released later this year. Survival Dracula, a hard pass for me. I think it's been received Survival. relatively well on PC. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. for me at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next is Silent Hill: A Short Message, uh, which was basically this is now available. It's a it's the next installment in the Silent Hill franchise um, from Konami, and it was a shadow drop, and you could play it for free. And um, <laughs> this guy, though, I do have to wonder why people keep visiting that town. Yeah, good call. <laughs> you know, why do people come back? Anyways, um, I played this. Um, I got pretty motion sick. Um, hmm. like the, the mechanics were really abrupt. Um, like when you turn, like it's, it's very like, like rather than sensitive, it's almost like the character's surprised that you're turning. So it's a little jarring. Um, mm -hmm. and there's like a couple of chase scenes where the character, you can't control the sprint at all. The character is just suddenly running. 
Um, and so when you're running and also having like not a lot of control over like where your character is moving, it was like not that scary to be chased by the monster because I was so annoyed that I couldn't like direct my character mm -hmm. um, where they needed to go. Um, and the story wasn't great. So I was like, since I'm not that interested in the story, I'm not going to power through being sick. That's fair. I've heard bad things. I I mean, I, to to push back a little bit, I actually I streamed this and I beat it. It was one sitting. It took me two hours. Um, I had a good I had a good time. I had a good time. It wasn't. It, I'm not taking it like super seriously. Uh, and I think that that might be a different. I don't know if the rest of you all have played like the OG Silent Hills. Mm -hmm. I'm in not. This, I'm in this weird space where it's like I'm old enough to where like I can't I'm I'm too old to be a TikTok star and too young to be a Silent Hill fan. So I guess that's like. <laughs> where my life is at this point but i i played this for the first time this is my first time playing an actual silent hill game and i thought it was fine like it i, I went to it as like oh this is a free they just toss it on playstation game i wasn't looking sure. for like an experience but i had just recently beat resident evil 7 and mechanically it functioned pretty similarly to being ethan winters mm -hmm. in that game um it wasn't like as polished as you would expect mm -hmm. from like the modern like uh, uh re engine or anything like that but i think that I actually think the story was somewhat decent. I think it was emotionally resonant. Um, I felt like that there was some stuff that was lost in translation. Obviously, mm -hmm. you had an English dub that was over uh, Japanese like character acting. They have scenes where it cuts to an entire FMV and there are like real actors going into mm -hmm. flashbacks. Um, but I thought that, you know, when they started getting into the more twisted stuff, like what happened to the girl when she was a child and all of, the, all of everything that was involved with that, I thought it was pretty good. I mean... I wasn't looking for anything crazy and I think for a two hour stream to be in and out and for it to get it done and kind of, I think it did exactly what they were trying to do with it. In my opinion mm -hmm. was tell you what is silent Hill all about, like give you that energy of what silent Hill is all about without spoiling like what silent Hill two actually is. And based purely off of that, I'm going to give Bloober team a shot with silent Hill two yeah. and jump in there and just see what the deal is. I played the medium. I actually enjoyed again, like I think I was a minority, like the mechanically the medium was jank. But in <laughs> terms of the story that they were telling, I thought it was relatively interesting. I just love it when they pair like like Eastern, like old degraded Eastern Europe, like Eastern Russia uh, yeah. styled environments with like spooky metaphysical horror contexts. And I think that that's like them combining that, especially with like the Japanese and the, in the German as it kind of clashes together in this, in this like horror story. I thought it's interesting. It's kind of cool in a way, but yeah, I, I would say I, um, my problem with the medium was just the camera um that was like my only yeah i get that the, and the chase the sequences game. too and the, there's chase sequences exactly like that they're not the strongest thing in there will was telling me that he played it in like one of the chase sequences he couldn't solve there's a puzzle in the middle of the short message that's like it took me a minute to figure it out on stream because i was just like he was timing he's like you need to beat this in under 10 minutes and so i was like i was rushing around the game kind of trying to figure it out but that's more metagaming with my chat uh, as opposed to actually like playing the experience but i i think mm -hmm. it was effective um and if i'm not mistaken it was written by one of the lead producers over at konami who was like attached to the silent hill projects uh mm -hmm. okami I can't, I can't remember. I, he, that might not mm -hmm. be right, but um, yeah, he was he was the guy that was at the the conference saying, "I wrote this here. Let's see what you think about it." So it's pretty cool. 
Okay. Cool. Um, next we got a little bit of a look at Silent Hill 2. Um, the latest look we saw our hero fight off a number of torsos. Yeah, that is what we saw. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked very good. It's pretty good. It did you did look, you think it looked look good, good, Taylor? I did. I thought okay. it looked awesome. I thought it looked, like I, I, I want to try. I don't think it looked great. I think it looked good. And it looks better I, than the medium. And I'm just yeah. hoping that Konami is giving Bluebird enough money for this to be polished. Because that's really what I'm looking for from an experience like this. It's like we already got the original game. And if we really wanted to, we could probably go back there and just push through those old 2000s era mechanics. But like, give us a reason to play it and feel good about playing it modern day, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that from what I could tell with the trailer, it seems like they don't have that weird locked camera. Um, so I think I'll have a good time with the game. I don't know if it's going to be like, this is a great game or if it's just going to be like, oh, this was a good time. Um, but I'm hopeful. I'm I'm pretty pretty down on this. I got I got to say, really? Um, okay. Yeah, I I played the original Silent Hill too, um, and you know it, I think it goes without saying that a lot of people lord it as like an all timer, you know, a classic. Um, I wasn't a fan of the medium um, for various reasons. But uh, I'll put it this way. When the reveal happened and it was like a full CGI trailer, I was like tentatively hopeful. And then this trailer kind of, it was exactly what I was hoping it wasn't going to be, which was Bloober trying to do what Capcom have done with the RE remakes. And I just, I just do not think, and I'm not trying to, attack Bloober. I just do not think that Bloober is a team that is capable of that kind of level up. Um, and or, or they haven't proven to me, particularly with this gameplay um, snippet, that they are capable of it. Um, and it's just, I think it's just a weird choice that Bloober, who historically and I know critic, critic you know, reviews and stuff isn't necessarily anything to pin something on, but for Bluebird to have as patchy a history as they have, I think it's a weird choice for them to choose for Konami to choose Bluebird to be the ones to overhaul and remake one of arguably Konami's most popular and famous games. Um, and I just think that whilst they are completely separate entities, considering like you said, Nick, in terms of like RE2, RE3, RE4, RE3 less so, but RE2 and RE4 this is just going to pale in comparison and whether that's fair or not, it's going to happen. And from everything we've seen, I think this remake is going to fall considerably short of those. Um, and I think it's going to catch flack that way. Again, that's not necessarily a hundred percent fair, but I, I don't know. I I'm just not, I don't, it's not looking good from where I'm standing. I don't, I don't think this is going to go very well for Konami or Bloober. I, I hope to be wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. I think but. that if anything can save this game and experience is if they just absolutely kill the story. And I don't know if there was enough in the original Silent Hill 2 story to make it like a mastercraft in terms of like narrative storytelling. But if they were to take the core concepts of where in the original story and then make that modern in a way that modern audiences would want to consume a cerebral psychological horror game. 
Mm-hmm. I think that could save this. And it's and again, it's like the medium didn't show me that they were able to do what I'm saying. Like sure. they, like you're saying, it's like, and I have heard other people say they loved uh, games like the Blair Witch, like the Blair Witch they thought was a very effective use of technology at the time that it came out. Again, you know, maybe some some issues in terms of craftsmanship and, and mechanical um you know, gameplay problems that they had in, in Blair Witch. But again, it's like, I, I think that, yeah, I, I agree with you. Though. It's like they've given Silent Hill to numerous developers over the course of times that have like really bad histories. And it's like, you know, who else? I mean, if we were to sit here and be, you know, armchair spectators, if we're at the executive board of Konami, who do we go to with Silent Hill to instead of Bluebird team? I mean, I have Capcom. an immediate answer. But would they? But would they go to another developer publisher like Capcom? Uh, no, I it's think Blue Point. I, it's Bluepoint. <laughs> yeah, Bluepoint. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bluepoint would be amazing. Yeah, and I think I think the the last thing I'd say about Silent Hill Two, from what we've seen, it's a very interesting choice to have a, a trailer that focuses almost entirely on combat, when realistically the thing that distinguishes Silent Hill as a unique thing is the psychological stuff. Um. Like I feel like the atmosphere and the psychological horror, as you were saying, Nick, is paramount to the Silent Hill experience. And I think that the trailer was weirdly trying to emulate Resident Evil as much as possible. And I think that that's the wrong choice. Um, so if they are hiding stuff so that we're surprised by the the atmosphere and the terror and the psyching us out, then great. But to not even really have too much of any kind of indication of it is concerning. But time will tell, time will tell. Are there other aspects of Silent Hill that are like remarkable in terms of the the original game? Like were the puzzles really good or? No, I, I would I would put it like, I know I've just said distinguish it from Resident Evil, but like I think that comparably early Resident Evil, if you're thinking of like the puzzles in early okay. Resident Evil games, it's it's on that level where it's, doesn't really take all that much thought, but it's enough to make you go, hmm, for a minute or two. Got you're it. Like, ah, okay. okay, put the pieces here, 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 here. Okay. So. Good enough, then. Yeah. Okay, next we have um, the next game from Ken Levine, um, who is, of course, the creator of Bioshock. Um, we have Judas. There's no release date yet, um, but yeah. I think the game concept looks interesting thus far. I think it looks cool. It looks like more Bioshock without the yeah. Bioshock. It's just um, which, Bioshock. Which is not a bad thing. No. It's just no. not going to, I don't think it's going to blow the doors off in terms of some, in terms of innovation. Let me just, I'll just say that. But you don't need to innovate to make a really good video game. Look at God of War Ragnarok, right? So yeah. you can iterate and not innovate and have a very good product. So I'm still interested to see what happens with Judas. Well, interestingly, a little bit of news that came out about Judas from PlayStation Blog was that it's basically a Bioshock game in all but name, but that Ken has specifically been working on this game so that you actually have tangible choices that affect outcomes in the narrative in terms Mm -hmm. of character relationships, dynamics, how things play out, which I think is, like, if if you asked me what's one way that Bioshock could be improved? It's something along those lines where... So it's like integrating Mass Effect like exactly. character dynamics exactly. into a Bioshock universe. That's cool. Which that is, is cool. exciting. Um, 
annoying that like it's weird that we didn't get any kind of window or release date so this is probably f still quite far out but also i, I love the trailer because it's more bioshock but also this trailer didn't show me anything new that i didn't already see when it was first revealed mm. it's just like yeah this game is still happening it's still a bioshock game Again, like, can you have too much of a good thing? Maybe not, but I would have loved to have seen maybe some of these mechanics at work in some sense. Don't know. Yeah, I like the I like the uh, elasticity of the character models. I thought it was really cool. Like, there was one that, where they showed a, a quick flash of the cutscene where you're in combat with this like amount like it's patched together horse creature that looked really mm -hmm. cool and then like the face of the one one guy as she pulls the shotgun off of his i guess dead hand yeah that was that was really neat yeah there, there's a lot of style in this game um i get i get a little bit nervous because ken levine is like kind of uh People call him an auteur, and then I've also read reports. I don't know how recently they are, but there were reports of people who had to work with him and had talked about how bad it was to work with Ken Levine because of what a tyrant he was in his process. Yeah. And I don't know maybe if that's just people not really being able to get along in an artistic way in the workplace or if he's not a good person to work for. But again, try to separate the art from you know the developers and the artists and, and try to enjoy this for what it is. But yeah, looking forward to seeing like the core of this game and seeing like how they iterate upon you know what was already established by Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Um, next we have Metro Awakening. Um, so this is for PSVR 2, I believe. Um, it'll be coming in 2024. And the the person that wrote this article says I'd recommend reading the novels of this series um, if you haven't done so already. So I, didn't I they did also, Google that. Right, didn't they also confirm a new Metro mainline game too? I'm not sure. Not in not in this. Metro. No, but th they are working on another mainline Metro, yeah. Right. Well, let me say Metro, uh, Metro Exodus. So I'm a big Chernobyl guy, and I, I enjoyed Metro 2033. The TV show Chernobyl, for the record, is the best single season of television of all time. Yes, yeah, so I'll good. stand on that so hill. Good. Um, but yeah, I did not play Last Light or Exodus, um, but I really enjoy the world of Metro. And like I enjoy Stalker, what we call slab jank shooters. That's a that's a slab jank shooters. Sorry, slab slab jank. I should say slob where it's you know the okay. e Eastern European Fallout, uh, nuclear Fallout type games like okay. that revolve around yeah uh, nuclear disaster like Metro, like Chernobyl, like Chernobylite, like Stalker. Um, Interesting. But anyway, I thought if you're a PSVR 2 owner like Sam Heaney is on this podcast, I think Awakening looks kind of fun to jump into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It um, good. Yeah, it, it, it looks. This is the, I think this may be as close as we get to Half-Life Alex on PSVR 2 without having, without having Half-Life I Alex. really thought Valve was going to port it. They just haven't yet. I, I still don't think it's off completely off the cards, but you would have thought it would have happened by now. If it was going to, well, um, it's only been out for a year, maybe a little less than a year. So, have like Alex? I feel like no, it's been PSVR out two, PSVR two. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Got it. So, um, yeah. But anyway, like it, it looks very high quality. I wonder about the length because that is typically the rub with PSVR 
or, or just VR games in general. Um, I would imagine it's probably on the short side, maybe like six hours ish. Um, but Metro seems like such a perfect fit for VR in terms of monitoring like the radiation levels on your wristwatch, you've got putting on the gas mask, first person shooting. Like it seems like a match made in heaven. Like you've got like the horror elements of it as well. In terms of how well like Resident Evil has done with the VR modes with uh, PlayStation and I guess Meta now, um, yeah, I probably would never have called this happening, but now that it is happening, it seems like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in comparison, we have legendary tales right after. <laughs> I'm just gonna come out and say I I'm not a VR guy. Um, I, I it's hard for me to wear stuff on my head, even sunglasses and eyeglasses. I get a lot of like pressure migraines from that. So like VR might just be out of the cards for me biologically. Uh, but watching this on the screen, like I actually got sick. Like I got <laughs> nauseous watching the game, the like the gameplay from mm -hmm. this game. And I don't get motion sick in video games. So I'm like, what is going on here? This is the worst thing I've ever seen. But I guess I don't know. People want to bash skeletons in uh, VR. This is the game for you. Look, the graphics suck, but I think the motion of it looks fun. Okay. Like it looks like a 2010 era. It looks like like the graphics fidelity of PS3 Skyrim, but you can actually stab your skeletons and lop their heads off. Yeah, That's what yeah. it seems like for me. So it looks like a fun uh, ten. If I had a PSVR two, I think I'd buy it for ten bucks. Mm -mm. See, have a little romp. Yeah, but, uh, I'm I'm yeah. with you 100 percent, Taylor. Like almost all PS, almost all VR games display pretty poorly on a flat screen in a trailer um it is a very very different experience when you're actually in the headset um sure. and you you mentioning like ps3 skyrim is actually quite apt i would say because if you go back and look at the trailers for skyrim vr it looks atrocious not in terms of <laughs> graphics but in terms of like gameplay and handling but actually in motion when you're playing it it's it's a great experience it looks this one looks pretty bad graphically yeah. But I think that, like you say, Taylor, I think the gameplay could actually be pretty fun. But that might be copium. I don't, I don't know. Mm. I would just, I just wish that they had more of a reason um, for PSVR 2 owners to, to play that console. I just wish that they had more than what's already on there. Like, obviously, they, they were strong in some sense with the PSVR 1, and there were games that I heard were received critically well, like, uh, what was it, Blood and Truth, I think? Mm -hmm. It was one of those, like, the, the espionage crime thrillers in London or something like yeah. that. I, I, I think that would be the smart direction to go, create a bunch of narrative, non-graphically intensive games, fun shooters, or, you know, do more, like, Astrobot Adventure, right? Yeah. But they just haven't. I... We've talked about this before. I fully expect, or well, I shouldn't, shouldn't say fully expect, I imagine that when we hear of whatever is next for Astrobot, I think there will be a, a VR really? mode for it. Okay. 
because I um, love Playroom. Astrobot's Playroom on the on the PS5 is what an incredible, fun little game, and to like showcase the haptics on the Dual Sense. So if they were able to do that for the PSVR two, that'd just be delightful for the people who have that franchise. I can imagine. Yeah, like Rescue Mission on the original PSVR is probably my favorite VR game outside of Beat Saber. Mm. So, like the 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 platforming ingenuity that you can do with a vr headset and being able to look around levels and peek and you know bend over and see different things around corners it's so so exciting so i yeah. do really hope that because that's that's like a no-brainer in terms of support like people say why aren't naughty dog working on a vr game so like, well that's never going to happen right like insomniac never going to happen santa monica never going to happen but for like a Sobi to do a little Astrobot thing that has an optional VR mode, why wouldn't you do it? Because right. Rescue Mission it, was critically received so, so well. Yeah. And they've had years. I mean, I don't know what they're involved in or if they're involved as a support studio for a lot of the other first party, nope. like super intensive games. But like, what are they doing in the year since Astro's Playroom came out? Right. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm looking for. And they that you would have thought they would have also had because their first party had access to all the proprietary tech well before it released. So they could have been building specifically for it well in advance of PSVR two coming out. So fingers crossed, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> You're muted again, Brianna. Oh, thank you. Um, next is Dragon's Dogma 2, um, which I'm very excited about. I have to say I'm a nice. little worried that I'm going to go in with the wrong expectations because I really love Monster Hunter. So have you played I'll have Dragon's to, like, Dogma Dark Horizon? I'm oh, sorry. Mm -mm. I have So I'll have to like adjust like this isn't going to be Monster Hunter and then go in. Yeah, it's so, way much closer to an RPG third person action rpg in the like of a uh, skyrim or uh, some of those other games but it's gonna just be a little bit more difficult um because they have really baked in jrpg elements to it i just think it, the gameplay and the combat looks so cool it mm -hmm. just looks like everything you could want from a world like this so i'm very very excited the the shot of the guy using the magic and then jumping onto the dragon like come on like what's <laughs> what's gonna be I, I, this is gonna be i, I would I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if this performs well and if it performs as smoothly as we're seeing in the trailers and the marketing buildup for this game, I mean, I could easily see this in like the action category for Game of the Year or something like that. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, for sure. Also, I just want to point out, this is coming out on March 22nd, which the next announcement, Rise of the Ronin, also coming out on March 22nd. Why? Why Who would you this? do this? Why would you it? do this? I mean, first of all, it's like Capcom. And the thing is, is that Rise of the Ronin is Team Ninja, mm -hmm. which is not a first party. They, they're still third party. Am I wrong? Or are they first party? They are third party. They're third party. They just have a deal right now. Okay. So they have like an exclusivity deal with PlayStation. I'm imagining that PlayStation Studios has some type of understanding with Capcom Dragon's Dogma is going to be multi-plat. It's going to be on Xbox and PlayStation and PC all at the same time. Yeah. But like if I was Capcom and I was giving my game to PlayStation to showcase at their state of play instead of, and like PlayStation knows that rise of Ronin is coming out on March 22nd and they're releasing these games back to back in order at the state of play itself. They're literally just lining these up to compete with each other. And if I'm Capcom, I'm pissed honestly. Cause like, why would you do that? Or I like, 
Yeah. I feel I like, go ahead. I, I don't know. I was just going to say, I, I, I think that like you could make an argument that they're like a different enough of an audience that maybe like they're not expecting to compete too much, but I think that that's just copium. But yeah. Third person open world action combat said in a, fantasy universe i mean it's close enough i think there are enough people that are looking for their next ghost of tsushima and rise of ronin who are mm -hmm. also from soft souls born souls like fans that they're they will have a niche audience and then there's like the dragon's dogma capcom people that will gravitate towards but then there's plenty of people like me in between that definitely want to at least try out both and i'm yeah. pissed that i have to juggle these games or yep. just delay one until way after the hype cycle is you know over i'm gonna have to delay rise of the ronin because there's live action there's like live service stuff in dragon's dogma too right like oh, there's like multiplayer what? stuff so you don't want to like multiplayer doesn't that. mean it's live service no sorry i didn't mean to say live service that's why i oh. corrected and said multiplayer oh, okay yeah but because like, by the like, time people are done with dragon's dogma there. and you're playing it no one's going to jump in there with you they have to download 128 gigabytes or something worth of a game to their console i yeah. get it yeah. yep so rise of the ronin won't unfortunately be the one that's probably delayed for me dude right so. i thought rise of the ronin looks it looks looks rough incredible in my opinion i think it looks so good i thought well, part it of it looks rough to you taylor i okay let me back up the fidelity <laughs> the fidelity i think looks rougher than i thought it would be graphically um but what does look good are the boss fights um the dynamic boss fights and I guess I'm, I don't know, I I guess overall I'm a little lower on this game now than I was in 2023. So I, I think I'm going to wait to see how it does a launch before I think about grabbing it. This game reeks of Wulong Fallen Dynasty in a way mm -hmm. that makes me really concerned because like Wulong was fun to jump in with friends to play like really good in it. Like I, when we talk about mechanically and actually being a Souls like itself, performed pretty successfully it was a, it was a good time it wasn't you know certainly my favorite experience from that genre uh but they also emphasized in this showcase in this release trailer that they wanted to um focus on the story and get the player invested in the story and wulong was the farthest from anything that is even remotely interesting to me at all i know that a lot of people are into the the lore and like the mythology of uh romance of the five kingdoms is that i, I believe that's what it's called and what was mm -hmm. there but and of course this is an interesting time period in japan that they're going back to um especially where there's like that combination of like pseudo modern technology along with like obviously that classic feudalistic right. uh japanese you know sword well, play that they do have guns there. okay rise running yeah. i think has guns in it so um well, happy. I'm happy about that. All right. Yeah. If it's Jin Sakai, I'd be happy if I could just pull a flintlock on a Mongol Lord's face. But you know. Yeah. Um, One thing that really did bother me though, and I'm watching the the gameplay as we're speaking, and it's like I see the player character do this absolute just nasty finisher and pull a normal looking mob enemy off, and he does like this much health to his health bar, just a fraction to his health bar, and the dude stands back up, and I'm like, oof yeah yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be souls like for you so I, i'll be interested to see how people would compare this to an experience like lies of p if there can be any comparison at all sam died but he's back i'm back i'm way more interested Welcome back sam in trying i'm very interested in trying lies of p let me say that Same. as a bloodborne massive massive bloodborne fan and once my pc's back up and running let's I'm gonna go lies of p are you gonna play I... it on playstation or pc uh game pass so pc 
I don't have an Xbox. So I just do Game Pass and play. There you PC. go. That's that's what I was gonna do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I like I I wasn't a big Neo person. Um, I like the first one. No, sorry, I like the second one, um, but not the first one. I, I mean, technically, I had to work. I, I covered Wolong last year for IGN. Um, okay, but I, I had a really good time with Wolong. Again, yeah. like agree with you that narrative wasn't even slightly on my radar. Didn't care in slightest. And typically, breathe, breathe. With these kind of like. I know that this is less Soulsborne, but with Soulsborne things, narrative almost always takes a backseat um, and is essentially like irrelevant for most people. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that this certainly doesn't excite me as much as like a Ghost of Tsushima does, um, but I think that it might be a nice stopgap between that if it's like a melding of the sort of gameplay of a neo wolongy sekiro-y kind of thing mixed with a little bit of open world assassin's creed and then ghost on top of that i think it'll be fun and i don't think that anybody disagreed that it would be fun but i would just yeah. wish they could push it a month or two i know i know you know i Listen, just i whoever whoever sat down and was like march 22nd <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that if if um, if Remedy and Sam Lake can do it for Alan Wake 2 to give people time to do Spider-Man 2, certainly Team Ninja can do this for Rise of Ronin and Dragon's Dogma 2. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they maybe well, they have numbers around. or statistics. I you think, think it'd Dragon's be Dogma 2 will be a larger. I think Dragon's Dogma 2 will sell significantly more. Okay. And Rise yeah, of the Ronin I think will. it'll not, cannibalize Rise of the Ronin. I'm not talking about like quality of game here. I'm just talking about in terms of reach. You're a multi-platform yeah. and also Dragon's Dogma is an established IP. Yeah. So I think it would it would be – why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because I think it would be the interest – Rise of the Ronin's interest for that to be moved to – well, then if you move it to April, then you have Stellar Blade. So that's well, great. So, but uh, Stellar Blade <laughs> is, is end of April. So if they did like – like if they even gave it like one to two weeks between each game, so like one game comes out two weeks, second yeah. game comes out two weeks, Stellar Blade comes out. Like, I see I that. think that would be okay because people are going to pick it up and put it down inevitably. Not everybody is going to pick up this game and then absolutely finish it after after they come up with it. So yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. Yeah. And people bounce off of Souls like games like people no don't other games. Yeah. <laughs> It's wild, right? It's so weird. Wild that people don't finish. Do we have games. Do we have any unfinished games on the panel that we want to air out <laughs> while we're while we're here on this topic? I'm glad that Sam is missing. <laughs> Taylor. Oh no, he's <laughs> he's he's warning me that he's watching. No, there's no unfinished games in the no backlog. I'm oh, okay. I'm just we're so good up. at just finishing. <laughs> We're caught up. We're all the way caught up. Okay. Got yeah. Copy that. I don't believe in backlog. I play what I want when I want. I respect that ideology so much, Taylor. I wish I could be that. <laughs> I wish I could be like that. And 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 I've come close to being like falling down the retro game rabbit hole. And I'm thinking I'm gonna pull off of that. I, I think I'm gonna like set a hard limit. Like if it's if it came out 10 years ago, that's my cutoff. I'll play games 10 years old, but older than that, I'm sorry. I'll just you're just gonna have to give me a good YouTube summary of what happened. 
Yeah, I mean, it depends. Sometimes I will play older games, but for the most part, I'd say like there, there definitely is like a cutoff. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think that like Sam is probably the one that is the worst at finishing games. <laughs> well, he's got, yeah. he's got, he's got work. He's, yeah, he's got to he work can't. if I'm going to make excuses for him. He can't defend himself right now. So I'm just going to pretend. Um, yeah, he's really terrible at finishing games. Um, he just picks them up and never finishes them. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. I was just so, telling him about how you never finished game. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was listening. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> why, are we, why, why are we no so comment. disgusted, Sam? Why, why are we so upset? What <clears throat> have you not finished, Sam? What am I missing? <laughs> what have I not Sam finished? hasn't finished Final Fantasy VII Remake. I haven't either. I haven't either. I haven't finished it. I'm jumping back in that to play it on stream. There's no <sighs> shame. There's no shame here. Yeah, yeah, Sam. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, the joke yeah. here is that I have a terrible time at finishing games. In fact, there's many, many games, including The Last of Us 2, that I've never finished. What? And uh, Sam has like 280 Platinums or something like that. 90, somewhere in there. Got it. So he actually... He actually has a lot of platinums and he finishes games very well. <laughs> so that was the joke. Oh, gotcha. Um, I can't believe you haven't finished Tidloo 2. Where did you leave off? Where did you leave off? Did you finish Ellie's route and then you're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm no, no, it wasn't. There wasn't anything. It was just, it was a really, like, I've, I've already told the story. I'm so sorry, guys, for those that have heard it. It was an awkward time for me where I started playing it with my ex and then we broke up. Um, that'll do it and so it was like we were still living together so we could play the game together but like it was kind of weird to play the game together um and then it was like that game that that playthrough was kind of tainted so i knew i had to restart the game but i didn't want to play through a particular scene at the beginning of the game um so yeah i will i have it downloaded i want to say on my playstation so that i, I can play it but i yeah. just haven't yeah um yeah it's okay Maybe someday. Don't 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 fool yourself. You know? Hey, until did I not then, play three Spider-Man games to spite you? That's not got anything to do with finishing the games that you haven't finished, Bree. That's playing new games. Yeah, but I did play it because you said I'd never play it. So okay, you're never going to play The Last of Us Part Two. That doesn't work that way. I expect, I expect to hear what your full <laughs> thoughts are next week. I don't actually own The Last of Us Part Two because I game shared it with a friend and he bought on his account digitally. Oh, no. So I beat it. I technically don't own it. So I'll get Tilu Part Two remastered in like four years when it's 15 bucks. I did just pay to upgrade during our last recording. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to I you know when I was coming on the show and I knew I was going to come on the show, I wanted to try and play um the grounded like the the roguelite mm -hmm. for for the last of us 2 and then I wanted to try and play Ragnarok Valhalla. Um just timing. I just couldn't I just couldn't do it. I just recently moved my PSI from here in the office out into the to the living room to you know play a little bit of Final Fantasy 7, but mm. it'll take some time. Um Okay, just because we are running a little bit long. So the next announcement was Until Dawn Remake, which we already had rumors of. We kind of chatted about this last week. Um, last thing was Death Stranding 2 on the beach, which is the silliest name I've ever heard. Um, and it looks incredible. <laughs> Death Stranding 2 was not the last thing. 
Uh, was it not? What it says on this? No, it was. Kojima's it was... Kojima's new action espionage game. Oh, it's not oh, even listed the, here. The Fizzant? Yeah. Fizzant, yeah. But it was okay, there, Brie. There it was. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm saying I was reading off the list that you provided me, Taylor. And it yeah, and you're a listed. gamer. Children, let's stop fighting. You're a no, gamer. I like fighting. You're a gamer from Lottie Lynn. You didn't mention the new, not Metal Gear, but Metal Gear game. Uh, anyway, Death Stranding 2, man. Holy moly. This is a new Christopher Nolan film I've been waiting for. And uh, I'm excited to play it when it comes out. I'm still confused by like guitars and babies and mecha yeah. babies. You know, I, I asked a friend of mine this, and this is something that I'm curious. I, I'd like to submit to the panel. Does Kojima not remind you of that one pseudo intellectual, like fake deep friend that overcomplicates things simply for the sake of overcomplicating things, as opposed to actually making stuff that has substance. Wow. I'm just, some ways, some ways, yeah. Like if you go I'm through the can, Metal Gear Canon, Donkey has a video where he actually goes through all the Metal Gear Canon through Metal Gear Solid Five, and it's nuts. <laughs> I've heard uh, that yeah. Metal Gear Two actually has a really interesting philosophical, like co cogent conversation about mm -hmm. like patriotism and, and nationalism and all of that. So I, I know that Metal Gear is famous for like him pitching some really important ideas. And he's like, Kojima is also famous for predicting things that have happened in real life as well. Like Death Stranding came out and then the pandemic happened and there was a lot of correlations people saw between the two there. But um, yeah, I mean, this looks beautiful. And I'm also, I have a huge celebrity crush on Leah Sado. So it's one of those things where it's like, I, I really genuinely just want to play the first game so I can not understand the story just to have context when I'm jumping into the second one and then not understand that experience either. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm planning on playing the first one, like the director's cut of the first yeah, one me too. at some point. But we'll see if I one finish that game <laughs> to understand what's going on. <laughs> tisk tisk. That sounds fun. I am really excited. I think this is a great this is a great announcement and a great finish in um, clown rocker Troy Baker. I mean, what, you, what more could you ask for? Like, as someone who adores the first Death Stranding, I can tell you with my whole chest that like at least eighty five percent of what was shown in that trailer makes at least some form of sense. Okay, if you play through the first game. Okay. Um, okay the the electric guitar the, like literal electric guitar i think that's a concession you have to make you know it's like okay that's that's a kojima thing the the baby robot samurai that's that lost me a little bit but it was cool so <laughs> it was really that's, cool that's, that's kojima sick. in a nutshell it's like okay i have no idea what's going on but it's pretty dope so like, i'm a little lost but <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm excited also for something a good friend of mine, John, uh, from the Gaming in the Wild podcast talked about Death Stranding. And he talked about, obviously, people have called this game in a derogatory sense a walking sim. But he talked about how aesthetically soothing being in the experience and playing as uh, Sam Porter Bridges and going throughout that world and going from place to place. It was more of a it was a it was a meditation on game. It was a hike as it opposed wasn't to a delivery, man. Yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I think that that's interesting. And then obviously, as you slowly and progressively go up, I think I feel like Death Stranding is a game that deserves to be lived in as opposed to being injected mainline directly into your veins. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be it would be interesting. It would be interesting to, to see what it go through. But I, I will play it, Sam, and I'll come back in and report my, my findings. Yes, yes. It, it's It's such a unique experience. And I think that, like, to an extent, the derogatory comments are fair. But like it's the point, and okay. people are like, oh well, the first, and I know some people will immediately be turned off by, it, but the first ten hours are so difficult and so such a slog. It's like, but once you get through that and you realize when the narrative kicks off and you start unlocking more mechanics and the traversal gets easier, it's all contextualized in such an interesting way. There really isn't anything like Death Stranding, like on any level, whether it's gameplay mechanics, whether it's presentation narrative content um it's probably i would say the riskiest triple a game ever made um and the fact that we're getting a sequel that is just seemingly doubling down on that risk and just weirdness like for all the people saying that like sony first party is becoming homogenous and everything is the same this is a great if you look at death stranding 2 i don't know how you can make that argument Granted, that's not first party, but it's it's still. I, think, I, I understand yeah. how they it's can make the argument. It. It's a cinema. It's the cinematic third person game, and then if you just leave it that uh, general, that's sure. that's how they. It's a third. It's a Sony. It's what people may might call the Sony formula: cinematic third person action game. But yeah. the same people who are making that argument about Sony desperately want something like that for Xbox or whatever other platform. Yeah, want I want it too. If, if yeah. Nintendo were to suddenly come out with a cinematic, like masterpiece, third-person open-world combat game, like we would never hear the end of it. Xenoblade right? but, Chronicles X—that's the closest we've gotten. Yeah, that was granted. That was an open-world RPG, but yeah. Outstanding. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see how he's blending cinema with the... I'm excited to see how much more action-y it looks. If we're looking at the cutscenes is to be believed and conversely translated into the gameplay, I'm excited for that to be more of an intensive action experience too, um, as opposed to something that seems more plotting and slow from the first game. But still, um, I'm there for experience and I'm there for letting art be weird. Like I'm 100% the fact that we can give multiple millions of dollars to Kojima for him to do the weirdest thing you've ever seen is just it speaks volumes to the fact that you know art and art in the video game space is still alive. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, um, I would propose that we move the second story for today to next week. We can make it the number one story for next week. Sounds good. Taylor, you're muted. Yeah, talk about the last fist three next week, right? But the right, the last thing was right. We got Kojima revealed that he's working on a new action espionage game, with that's going to blur the lines between games and cinema. And they and, were at a movie studio. Yeah, so the state like, of play is being <laughs> panned out to right Fison. Um, to Columbia Pictures when it had a title called Fison, P H Y S I N T. Um, so you're getting a new Metal Gear, but it's not Metal Gear. Please be excited. It's the culmination of all of his work. I'm very excited. To, and I haven't played any Metal Gear Solid besides like Fiora's of Five, which doesn't count. <laughs> I think, I think like, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but him phrasing it as like the culmination of all of his work. 
like marketing. I know, speech. I know he's he's doing OD with Xbox and a lot of the like it's part movie, it's part game thing. That sentiment was there as well. But I don't know, I get a vibe that because there was a tweet that came out, I think we talked about it last week, of all like the potential rumored things that were going to be at the state of play. And it was like Kojima fulfills his dream. And I, I'm get I'm just I am getting that vibe of like this is because he adored Metal Gear and obviously he was kind of forced out. He didn't want to leave. So for him to be able to come back to it. Yeah. I think it's very special. In the same way that like Death Stranding isn't a game that should exist because of how weird it is and how much of a risk it is. I think that Kojima making another Metal Gear game is something I would have never expected. Even though it's not going to be Metal Gear, but you know what I mean. It'd be um, even cooler if it also has like franchise potential. A hundred percent. You know, three or four games out of it. Come on, let's go. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I, and I, I wonder. Like, obviously, Kojima is, in, is massively in demand at the minute. Um, you know, getting work with both Sony and Xbox. I feel like with this announcement, he's maybe showing more of which way he's swaying because od is like an experimental thing and it makes sense that he would be more aligned with playstation because of the history of metal gear and the fact that sony literally helped him make his studio gave him the decimal engine funded death stranding um but like not that not the kojima is ever going to be acquired because I, I don't think he is but Maybe this means that this does suggest that he is a, a little more locked with PlayStation as opposed to being a bit more a free agent, which was the sentiment that was kind of going around a year I, or two I'm, ago. I'm very curious to see who will own the rights to the to his new action espionage game. Will Sony mm. own the rights or will Kojima own the rights? Regardless of, of course, Kojima will be developed, will be writing it, developing it, producing it. But I'm curious yeah. to see if that will be a PlayStation IP or not. Because I predict timed exclusivity. Interesting. Honestly. Yeah, I think that he's gonna. I I think that Kojima is very business savvy, and he should own the rights to all of his properties, if not Death Stranding and OD. And I think it would make business sense unless that Microsoft gave him just gobs and gobs of money, and then now they own OD. But like, I think that it would be very very wise for him to con keep the rights to any of these games in, in terms of the negotiation and the contracts that they're putting together at the beginning of these conversations when they're like, Kojima, please make a game for us, right? Because that would make him a pillar as a third-party developer for many, many years to come. But yeah, He has I, that I, cachet as well. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he can make those kind of demands in Sony or Xbox or whoever will bend the knee. You mm -hmm. know, if that means that we get this game on our platform, you can do whatever you want, Kojima. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But like it's interesting because they're they're framing it that Fizzant or whatever it's going to end up being called is simultaneously going to have a film version. So like mm. he said that it's partly film, but they're on a film lot. So in the same way that they're doing a Death Stranding film, I think it's A twenty four, not Sony associated necessarily outside of the PlayStation productions probably. But like I wonder whether because it's Columbia, which was on the billboard, which is owned by Sony, there might be something to do with the film rights being different to that of the game rights. I'm not sure. Like, it seems like a bit of an unprecedented situation going on here, which is very Kojima. Um, but yeah, I would agree that 
Kojima retaining the rights is probably not only in his best interest, but something he's actively fighting for, considering how badly things went with Konami. Alrighty, guys. Um, do we have anything else we want to say about this? What actually? What would you guys rate out of a ten? The state of play. Like nine, easy. That's generous. I think that if I if I had played um, Death Stranding before, I you know I I would be a little bit more up on this especially for it to be like the last thing that they showed there i was bummed that they it makes sense from from a savvy business savvy perspective that they're going to parse out final more final fantasy 7 rebirth like showcasing uh to i don't know did they push it to the sixth is that what they said um i can't remember yeah. they separated out the show and i was like oh, i was really looking forward to seeing more sephiroth and cloud but um you know in terms of the showcase there's like the the dragon's dogma rise of ronin thing pisses me off Solid Blade didn't move the needle for me. I don't have a lot of cachet with like <laughs> with Death Stranding, unfortunately, or I don't have a lot of history with it. So I could I wasn't, you know, super, super hype about it. I would say that this is a solid five out of ten for me, honestly, being, being the lowest person, even though I think that there is decent stuff that they showed here. I would say this was I think it was like seven and a half or an eight out of ten for me like mm. i think it was pretty good um uh, i think that um there wasn't a lot of like lull spots where it's like oh i don't want to be here um, yeah, or anything like that so i think that it was really well paced i think that they had a lot of cool stuff to say um i will say it could have been higher if they had shown more like stuff for later in the year because i think mm. they know that that's like what we want to see right because right. we don't like, know what's happening what, the rest of this what's year. going on the rest of the year right yeah. yeah so like may on nothing showcase alleviates that i would love a showcase do you think that, is that have there been april? rumors for uh, or april showcase i no. i i i put my foot down a few weeks back and i said i got a feeling april makes sense okay um but realistically it's probably i would say may is the would, most likely they could probably announce spider-man 2 dlc around then hmm. that is actually something i said on the uh react that we did to the state of play i'm surprised that wasn't in the state of play because yeah. insomniac said that it was going to be before the end of 2023 that that new game plus update with potential additional stuff was going to be out and then obviously that got pushed then the um, hack happened. I, I would have thought this would have made sense to be here if it's still early 2024. But I guess you, why would you not give that the biggest stage possible and not have it overshadow these maybe smaller games? Um, but yeah, like let, let Rebirth get out of the way, Rise of the Ronin, Stellar Blade, all of that. That's all done. Then May showcase hits tell you what's coming the rest of the year few third party probably like a silent hill 2 announce uh, release date um and maybe a first party thing for the fall maybe that would be Where, where's concord that's meant to be this year that's what i was expecting to see here as well yeah concord what's going on with that game that was rumored for 24 people are i think assuming it's going to be 24 so mm -hmm. yeah that would be nice. The nice holiday release would be good too. Yeah. 
I mean, I think like one of the things I'm thinking about is like, like we just, I don't want Sony to rush their studios, right? So if there's really nothing ready for this fall, then there's really nothing ready for this fall, and that's fine. You I know, want them to like, say that though, like be clear about it, right? Yeah. I mean, and of course, like there are going to be years where they're going to need to lean on third party and 2024 seems like it's shaping up that way. I just wish that the messaging was a little bit clear. And that might be because of this change in leadership that we're getting a little bit of mixed messaging. Whereas you have people like Phil Spencer and of course, you know, people go on and on about him. But it, when, it, when it comes to him doing interviews, he is very clear about, you know, what Xbox or Xbox fans can expect year over year. Um, from either Game Pass or just, you know, obviously mainly right. Xbox but releases. So I think the difference with that is that Phil almost has to, because, why am I saying this? Because Sony has earned some cachet with its fans that there's consumer trust that it doesn't matter if they announce something or not. They're just going to still sell like hotcakes. So Sony's in a privileged position to not really have to tell you anything but they're still selling gangbusters. Right now, Xbox is trying to gain that traction. So Phil puts out his hand to show exactly what they're doing because people are looking at it more with a, under a microscope, trying to get rev up and revenue up. Yeah. So I think that's also part of it is that the momentum of the PS4 into the beginning of the PS5 generation just has Sony's market position as they don't really need to tell you what's going on, but they're going to succeed in sales anyway because that's, the bullish uh that's the bullish reflection of what they've had over the past decade i just think um, that I it's do. super unwise though for them and i also disagree with the fact that they have trust from their consumer base i feel like jim ryan did irreparable damage by forcing all of these studios to go into push pushing live service games across the board but and no one knows about less jim ryan's games. leadership right like other than us, other than the enthusiasts, what is the mass market? The mass market knows nothing about Jim Ryan or Sony leadership or the state of play. They just know about their their Call of Duties, their FIFAs, their Maddens, their new God of Wars, their new Spider-Mans, and that's what their their new Final Fantasy Sevens, and that's what they're gonna go play. So I think there's also some scope that needs to be fine-tuned when it comes to that conversation. Because most like 99% of consumers aren't aware of this kind of stuff like we are. I mean, because like last year, for example, was arguably the weakest year we've had from Sony first party in a long time because we got what Horizon DLC at the beginning of the year and then Spider-Man 2. Obviously Final Fantasy 16, but like from first party, we got one game and a DLC last year, which is the weakest lineup we've had, but it's the best selling year for the PS5. You know, so I think yeah. that they're they're riding a lot of momentum from last gen and a strong kickoff to this gen it just makes and, me concerned that the ps5 generation is going to peter out without attachable like ps5 ip that they're developing strictly for this console <clears throat> and it's like you see it too with spider-man 2 like obviously i love spider-man 2 i had a great time with that game it wasn't my favorite um of last year i mean i, I think it was a perfectly fun serviceable game but like you think about them leaning into like utilizing the PS5 in and of itself. Like the people talk about this online. The only time that you really saw the quote unquote power of the SSD was in that beginning fight against Sandman with Miles. Mm -hmm. And and for the rest of the game seemed to be generally by the numbers. I mean, of course, you have the they leverage the fast travel system from Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and there's that whole conversation there. But 
I just, yeah, I, I am concerned um, because of like the cadence of the rollout. And I feel like there, there was this massive push before he retired or before he moved on of let's go ahead and, and like make sure that these studios are pumping out live service games because those are what's going to generate revenue for Sony. And let's go ahead while we're at it because we have such stellar IP, let's push into the video or the TV and film space and make sure that we get The Last of Us show, we get the Uncharted movie out, like all of these games that are kind of like, it feels like it's diluting the strength of where that first party lineup is. I I think it's too early to call because if we look in the PS4 generation, PS4 launched fall 2013, Right now on PS5, we're about three and a half years in. Mm-hmm. Three and a half years into the PS3 would put us at um, spring 2016. In spring 2016, we had Bloodborne really was the marquee Sony exclusive that came out so far. Maybe the Order 1886 if you want to count that, right? But in 2017, we got Horizon Zero Dawn. 2018, we got God of War and Spider-Man. In 2019, we got Death Stranding. In 2020, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two, And I, I'm saying this because I think there needs to be some more time to cook before we say things like, if we're going to peter out this generation, Naughty Dog has a new IP they're working on, allegedly uh, also a remake for Uncharted Drake's Fortune, but also Sony Santa Monica's has their brand new IP that they're about to get ready to show. Yeah, Corey Barlog game. Um, Ghost of Tsushima 2 is brewing at Sucker Punch. And I think we need to give them a little more time to cook, I guess, is, is the sentiment I wanted to look, I want to, I'd like to respond with. Yeah. I, I think the, the one thing I would say is to your point, Nick, of like um, Sony not really fully capitalizing on the tech. I don't think that's a Sony exclusive problem. Not saying that you were inferring it was, but like no game Xbox has put out this generation has done anything with the tech far less than Sony has. And I'm not trying to like console war it, but it's, I think, we are still, as Taylor says, in that sort of weird coming out of the delay of COVID period where every game now, I mean, Spider-Man 2 was PS5 exclusive. Every game now will be PS5 exclusive. Mm -hmm. I I would be very, very, very surprised if that wasn't the case. So I think that we're going to hit that cadence. What I would also say is that Xbox are very open a lot of the time and very communicative. But I think the more times you talk, the more times you have to trip over yourself, make contradictions, um, have to walk things back. Say things are going to come out that don't come out, all of that. Indeed. Um, And then have to delay and and upset fans. And that, you know, that can bite you in the ass in the exact same way that not saying anything will. Um, But also Xbox, not that it's going to be a problem just because of the amount of studios they have now, but they they are like arbitrarily saying we're going to have a massive AAA game every quarter. And I feel like doing that is also a little bit um, concerning. Silly. Like, I mean, not necessarily silly, because I think that it's a perfectly logical Uh, goal to try and achieve. But putting, even just saying that sentiment, even if it's not actually enforced, I think puts a lot of pressure on the teams to perform, to release these games at quality. Um, And obviously last year, Redfall happened. We know how that went. Starfield came out, was good, but certainly didn't explode in the way that they were probably hoping it yeah, would. It didn't move the needle. Yeah. yeah. So I think, like, 
all of these companies, whether it's live service push from Sony that they're now trying to walk back or Xbox being like game every quarter, we're going to keep buying studios and then, oh God, we're going to have to lay off tons of people and figure out what the pipeline is and the management systems. I think everybody is kind of floundering a little bit right now. Yeah. Like, well, is my hope... AAA sustainable, that stuff, it's a mess. Exactly. And I think that, of course, there's messaging to be worked on on both sides for sure. And Xbox yeah. is far from perfect on that front. I just think that there seems to be an air of resting on their laurels in 1, the PlayStation Studio offices that has made me like, I, I would like you to both show and tell me what I'm getting. And when yes. I look at this most recent state of play, like plenty of cool stuff there, but nothing that's like eye popping, like, oh my God, I have to be in this day one. Whereas in, in, and it also seems impersonal, like their approach towards showing you their, their, if you're comparing it, you know, line by line versus what Xbox did with the developer direct, mm -hmm. it seemed relatively impersonal at the showcase versus like, and of course, again, working with third party studios, lots yeah. of you know japanese overseas developers and everything i just think that yeah it, it's a hundred percent complicated thing to do um but i would like to just know a little bit more have a little bit more clear messaging from them so it's particularly just... because the thing that most people come to playstation for is the first party triple a stuff mm -hmm. and that's yeah. what they're being the most quiet about right so i think that that's where a lot of the discontent is coming from even though they're showing cool stuff it's like we're not trying to be ungrateful, but it's not really the reason we're here. Well, yeah, I thought most people marathon, right? Most people yeah. went to PlayStation for Call of Duty because of the exclusivity agreement it had. I mean, and in in technical realistic for marketing terms, rights, yeah. but in terms of a, a metaphorical, sentimental context, I think most people go to PlayStation mm -hmm. for the big budget it, in the gaming microcosm. Games. Yeah, that's where people yeah. what people go to PlayStation for, and. The, but right in rea in mass market, it's COD, Madden, FIFA. Oh, Spider Man! I know Spider Man. Spider Man's awesome. I know Tom Holland. I'll buy it. God mm -hmm. of War. This guy just bashes crap and beats a beats the hell out of people with Greek gods. Yeah, I'm gonna do that too. I mean, I but, would say don't underestimate yeah. consumers, Taylor. I mean, there there are games like nobody would have expected that a CRPG like Baldur's Gate three would win Game of the Year. This and is it's true. Not to say that this that didn't fun. sell in the same line as like FIFA or Madden, but never underestimate consumers' level of nuance and depth. I feel but like that there's going to the be people who vote for fill. Game of the Year were journalists, game journalists who are in our in our little bubble here. Sure, if you see what I'm saying, that yeah. audience. So like. <laughs> it's still but it's still Baldur's Gate still sold incredibly, incredibly but it's well. still sold incredibly well so i guess i have to i'm saying this because i'm not trying to like dog it down but i have to remind myself of this sometimes that i'm not the general consumer of video games mm -hmm. I, we're enthusiasts sure. we have this enthusiast lens we look at things through that mm -hmm. is not the mass market and that's really tough to reorient ourselves with sometimes and um i'm yeah so but when it comes to our community and what we look at for these platforms and how our deep love of games i do agree with a lot of the things you're saying nick i just don't think it applies to most of the sales that sony's counting on their number charts yeah i agree and i and i expect them also to refocus now that they do have new leadership yeah. and i'm assuming that they're probably going to be looking for a more western face of PlayStation America at the very least uh, the the new the um the the gentleman who they appointed as like president or CEO of PlayStation 
I haven't seen him show up on a showcase or anything once. So I'm imagining they're still in that process of looking for like that new face of PlayStation. And I'm assuming it's going to be commensurate with them being like, okay, let me show you, you know, I'm, I'm the new guy here. Let me show you what's in store for the next year. So yeah, it's going to be a matter of patience in a waiting game in 2024. Again, years like this, whether it be PlayStation, a quiet year for PlayStation or Xbox is a wonderful year for me because that means I can go back back and play near automata and go and platinum mm-hmm. bloodborne you know like sam over here so that's yeah. there's always good stuff come that we can we can run back to also cool yeah thank you All guys right. for having me yeah of course taylor you want to take it away and get us on our outro okay yeah thank you all so much for listening you can find us on youtube at save the game media patreon uh, Twitter at Save Game Media and Discord links are all in the show notes. Where can people find you, our so gracious guest, uh, Nick? Yeah, thanks for visiting us. I'm glad that you made it. Yeah, I'm I'm totally glad to to be here with you guys. This has been an absolute blast. So hopefully I can jump more in while we're on hiatus still and uh, talk. And maybe I can uh, squad back up with Kevin over there, Project X Talk, talk a little Xbox too. But um, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, uh, we are the Friday Night Gamecast. You can find us on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at uh, FNGCPod. <laughs> um, and we are Friday Night Gamecasts on all podcast catchers as well if you want to find us there. Awesome. Okay. Bree? Uh, you can find me at Fabulous Brianna, F A B U L A S T B R E A N N A. I don't know why that broke my brain for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sam? Uh, anywhere and everywhere at Sam Heaney, H E A N E Y. Awesome. You can find me on PlayStation as Mr. Carter 9. That's M R C A R T E R N I N E. Everybody send him an invite right now. Do it. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank y'all so much for listening. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Peace.